What's up, bikers? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Nailed the intro two weeks in a row. Yes, I had to check before <laughs> before we started just to make sure that I got it right. But it is what it is. Episode 104. Today we have the segment. If you guys haven't listened to his podcast or checked out his channel, please do so. I'll put the links and show more, which actually I should have done that already. Pretty sure they're already there. And uh, it was a long time ago this morning when I set that up. I can't remember anymore. I'm positive it's there. Anyways, uh, before we get started, do me a favor. If you don't follow me on Instagram, do it now and then I will stop bugging you. And then you just get to listen to everybody else that I'm telling that every week. Go to my Instagram, go to my Facebook, at BikerB1, and uh, give me a follow. Free content over there. Those of you guys that would like to see this channel grow and me to tell my job to go screw themselves. I was trying to think of the nicest way to say that <laughs> and still stay employed. And then um, once, once, if you want to help me do that, just like go into work and be like, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. I'm out. And then um, what I need you to do is go to Patreon. You and about like a thousand of your buddies, but every one of you that does it, then it helps. And that would be great. So patreon.com slash biker B1KER. Or you just go to the channel here or in the show more or whatever. There's links everywhere to get the Patreon. For a buck a month, it's like throwing a dollar at the bartender after you, you order a beer. That would be great. Or you could throw maybe five my way because you really enjoy this podcast and you want to fill my fridge full of beer because apparently over the holidays, me and my friends have completely emptied that thing. It's ridiculous. Outside of that, if you'd like to pick up some merch, like some cool shirts or whatnot, Go to my, my shop. It's on biker.com, B1KER.com. You know how many times I'm going to tell you to spell this? You know, I should probably do it over and over again because every time I hand somebody a sticker, they're like, oh, right on, Biker B1, thanks. Or B1KER, B1, everybody screws it up. So here's your opportunity. Spell it right, B1KER.com. Go pick up a shirt, and that'll be that. Outside of that, I don't, I, I, one of these days, I'm going to wisen up. I'm going to have a whole script of what I talk about at the beginning of the show. But today is not that day. Instead, I'm just going to go ahead and bring our guest back on. Here he is. What's up, man? How's it going? What's up, Robert? Good to see you, man. Thank you hey. so much for having me on the biker, the B1KER biker bar show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was on somebody else's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it was like he, he was trying to do the intro, and he kept being like, the B1 Kerr or the B1, the, the biker <laughs> podcast. I'm like, no, it's biker bar, man. <laughs> but I think it was my own fault. Like I've had this conversation a bunch of times when I built my, my first logo, it was just like a big B1. And then it says like biker on the bottom or something like that. And, um, you know, because the, the, the slogan, the, the channel slogan is like, it only takes a bike to be a biker, get out and be one. I love that. And I, and I wanted that B1 to like help people remember that it's spelled B1KER. So if they were searching it, you know, on YouTube or whatever, they weren't typing in biker B-I-K-E-R, right? Right, right. And because that logo has that big B1 in it, like everybody's just like, oh, B1 biker. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I can just change my name to B1 biker and just go, <laughs> lean into it. <laughs> they, at least they can find you because, you know, if you if you Google B1KER, you, you show up. So yeah. Yeah, right. 
So yeah, if they do one B one bike, if they do B one, usually I'm coming up by that point. There's not a whole lot of B one somethings. So <laughs> fortunately, there's some like Russian motorcycle guy that has biker on a couple of different platforms. That's where I couldn't like get biker across the board. Oh, so then, gotcha. you know, it's that's like the toughest thing of starting, right? Trying to get a name that's not used everywhere. Right. Right. I've come up with a segment. I'm sure that's used all over the place. I know oh. on your Instagram, you had to add some stuff on the end of it. Oh yeah. I did the underscore with the PR on there for, you know, your personal best. And um, yeah, there was already a segment on YouTube, but then I found out that they go with like numbers. So they're like, yeah, there could be more than one segment on there. And uh, yeah. apparently there's some segments that are doing really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll just ride on their shirt tails. Hopefully exactly. people are looking for them. They find me by accident. I'm, I'm cool with it. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't think of the PR there on the end of it. I was, I am like, I guess I was like totally being like corporate whenever I saw that. Cause I was thinking <laughs> like PR, like public relations. Like I was like, why did he put that in there? That's kind of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was more of just uh, one of the nuances with Instagram so that I could have the segment on there. I had to come up with something at the end of it. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I wasn't sure if, if the segment was only going to be MTB or if it was going to reach out across a, a broad platform of different mm -hmm. athletes. And uh, so I just put PR on there um, for yeah. like your, your personal best. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. You could have spelled it S3 and then just had everybody calling you all kinds of weird shit for the rest of your YouTube career. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't know if you get this, you know, I'll be out on the trails and I'll, I'll hear people refer to me as the segment. Oh, yeah. uh, I feel like that's my cool, you know, YouTube nickname. People are like the segment. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking around like where, who, who's, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you have like a, I think a thousand something on your, on your channel right now. Yeah. Just, uh, I just eclipsed a thousand a few months back and, uh, -huh. uh that felt really good. And yeah, then, uh, that first thousand is definitely, uh, you feel like it takes forever to get there. Oh man, that first thousand was rough. It definitely is a goal. And then, man, then you see guys come on the scene that are just so hot and they like fly to the top. You know, you got Bobo out there. Who's what did he just eclipse a hundred thousand? Yeah, but he was, he put a lot of time in before he got to, um, where he is now. I think, you know, once he realized that the segments that he was doing, the like little short kind of comedic skits, I think once he zeroed in on that, then his numbers grew because him and I were like neck and neck in size for a long time. And then once he did that, it was like, well, see you later, Robert. Wow. <laughs> his stuff is funny, too. I mean, I love everything he does. Him and uh, you know who I think is going to hit the stratosphere or probably already has, but I think Colorado Kid as well. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, he puts a lot of time into his edits. You're, you, I'm like... I'm I'm not sure what's holding him back. You know, he's he's definitely um he's a good creator. He's you know, and I think sometimes it's just a matter of like dialing in all your craft. You know what I mean? So totally. who knows? Sometimes it's just I don't know. Maybe freaking YouTube. I don't think the algorithm likes me. I think I pissed him off somewhere along the line. <laughs> <laughs> the algorithm. I don't understand it, and I guess it's changing all the time. And you know, I kind of hung my hat where as long as I'm trying to grow and create and have fun and it's fun, then, you know, it is what it is. But obviously we all want to grow and be more. And eventually it'd be great if this ever took over our own incomes, you know, and became right, the right. main source of income. 
and it could definitely happen. It's just yeah. Uh, I feel like the podcast is the better way that way. Yeah. Like realistically, I I mean I, I I'm I would like to be a creator, but I if I'm being honest with myself, I'm I'm better talker than I am creator, and uh, and then plus I feel like like I could do this when I was like 65 and it wouldn't matter. You right. know what I mean? Like I don't know if I could make like POV content that people would give a shit about watching until I was 65. You know what I'm saying? Totally, totally. I, I'm on the same uh, same brainwave as, as you on that because, God, there's you can get people on the show that are extremely talented and you can learn from where they've been. And you yeah. can get beginners on. You can get everybody on. And if you're injured yourself, you can still talk and yeah. put on the show and have impact on people and uh, create this this content this way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely fun that way. Um, so what made you decide to get started? So I... I I'm a COVID writer. Um, when COVID started in in 2019 or was it 2020? Yeah, <laughs> when COVID 2020, when COVID started, my son and I were like, well, everything was shutting down, and my son's birthday was coming up. I have I have uh, two kiddos, and the oldest was turning nine, and he mm -hmm. said, "Let's get bikes, Dad." I mean, we don't have to check the surf for that. We can. We don't have to go to the gym for that. We don't have to. Mm -hmm. check the swell direction any of that stuff we could just go outside the front door and ride and have fun so we both got mountain bikes that day and uh i don't know man there was something about riding on the bike for the first time down a trail that it felt like there was something i've been missing for years mm -hmm. and when i was a kid i was heavily heavily into skateboarding my dream was to be a professional skateboarder mm -hmm. travel around the world do contests and things like that and then college hit and then corporate world hit and then you know got married raising a family all that stuff hit and uh i didn't feel that feeling until i literally got on the mountain bike and, and started going down a trail all that passion came back from yeah. the skateboard days it was awesome yeah no i can totally understand that um i mean that i think i had that same kind of kind of trajectory i guess you could say just for me it was like revitalizing riding bikes. I rode bikes a lot when I was younger and I was into mountain biking then and kind of took the break in the middle with the the young kids and the new family and whatever. And then uh, somewhere along the line, I decided to get back into it and here we are, right? So Yeah, so it's so good. And, and you could see the community is so great. I mean, in other sports that I've done, the community is competitive and sometimes it's competitive to like, to a bummer level <laughs> whereas this one everyone seems to be so in for it for each other like rooting for each other you know helping each mm -hmm. other get through places you even have a a phrase like i'll tell you in you know it's uh it's so helpful and today i was riding with the squad and uh, one of the guys broke his collarbone oh, and i no. was walking yeah it was it was a bad it was a bad jump he went um oh he got bucked went otb ended up breaking a collarbone and breaking a rib. Mm. And I was, I was walking back down to the truck to get him out of there and come to find out this guy is a Purple Heart Army veteran who oh, fought wow. for us in Iraq. And I got to hear the coolest stories while I was talking to him. And he was there with his son. And his son was a younger kiddo. And I, I didn't want him to get freaked out that his dad was injured. So I just kept trying to talk and yeah, yeah. make sure that the guy was coherent and, and making yeah. sense and things. Um, but everybody we passed along the way, are you guys okay? Do you guys need help? You know, and 
every single person. Like nobody blew past us without giving us a, a, a look. Yeah. So, I mean, that just speaks novels to our community. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you're down in Southern California, right? Yeah, I am. I'm up here. I'm down here in a place called Marietta, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I used to live in a city up here called Rancho Marietta. And then people always would call them Marietta by short. And then there would always be somebody that was like, oh, down in L.A.? Like, <laughs> no, man, up here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, you're, you guys are, you're in Northern California, right, Robert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just out of Sacramento here. So nice. About, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. So, um, you answered my question sort of when I asked yeah. you what, um, what got you into it? You told me how you got into writing, but why did you decide to take, like, start a channel? Yeah. So the segment really came from, my son was watching a lot of YouTube and I was looking at a lot of YouTube to learn how to do certain things. And um, I always had this want to try to give positive impact on people. Mm-hmm. And and that comes from a different world. So, you know, if we rewind back before I was a mountain biker, um, I used to try to help friends of mine that were in different sports, you know, kind of motivate them with text messages or what have you. And, and one of the friends that I had is a gentleman by the name of Drew Brees, who was the quarterback from the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. And in, I met him in 2011 and uh, became friends with them. And I started thinking like, man, how can I impact this friend? What can I do for this guy who seemingly looks like whenever he meets somebody, you know, potentially people want stuff from him. So yeah, how, yeah. how could I be a friend where I'm giving him something? And uh, the best thing I could think of at the moment was sending him motivational quotes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first year that I became his buddy, the first season, I found motivational quotes. We started would start with a theme, and I'd send him a motivational quote prior to each game of the season, and he'd ping me back like, that was a great one. So, you know, I just kept going for the next game. All right, I found this motivational quote, uh-huh. and it just kept rolling on. And, uh, you know, like nine years later, we just did it for every single game for, for all those different seasons. And oh, wow. uh, when I got into the mountain biking, I thought, how can I potentially bridge – that feeling of, of impacting people in a positive way. Perhaps maybe I can show my progression as like a dad on mm-hmm. a mountain bike and just put that out there. Mm-hmm. So I came up with the segment because I was kind of looking around and I saw that people were using Strava and Strava was new to me. I Googled it. I found out that about 50 million people use Strava and it was all for what I saw. It was all based around PRs, you know, KOMs, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought, similar to the podcast, I thought, well, I'm not that good of a writer, but if I can film people trying to be their PR and uh, create some kind of a platform where we can watch them challenge their best and become their best, you know, they're not mm-hmm. competing against anybody but themselves. Right. And, uh, you know, I did a few episodes kind of looking at that, but I started realizing everybody that I talked to setting it up, I found out that everybody had a story and there was either fighting depression or trying to lose weight or they've been doing this their whole life and they were a professional at one point in time and they just love it. And I thought that was really interesting. And so I got lucky enough to, I met MTV Allen and mm-hmm. uh, MTV Allen came on my show at the time it was a zoom. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and lucky enough at Allen taught me about StreamYard and how to put, you know, podcasts out there. And he, help coach me to get it going. And, uh, 
You know, I did oh, one cool. of my first interviews with MTB Allen. Right on. Yeah. And he just encouraged me, you know, from the beginning, like, you know, keep keep going with this. You you yeah. like it and you're, you know, seemingly doing okay. So how do you meet Drew Brees? You guys were just like riding in an elevator and you're like, hey man, you want, you want to know my Instagram? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was funny. I was I was at a park down the street from my house, and uh-huh. uh it was just a dad chasing my kid around. And then I looked over and there was another dad chasing his two kids around at the time. He had two kids. He couldn't keep up with you. You were like just dusting him. You're like, oh, you must be a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even know it was him. Yeah. He was wearing a hat and sunglasses and he had two kiddos and, you know, yeah, yeah. go to this park all the time and always see people there. And just thought it was another dad and yeah, found myself talking to this other dad. And uh, we're watching the kids and everything, just talking normal stuff. And then uh, a couple people came up and asked him for his autograph. And I kind of looked at him and he took off his sunglasses at one point. I'm like, holy cow, I think that's Drew Brees. (laughs) And then I just ran into him a couple more times after that. turns out that uh, they had a house in the the neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. um, that's how we became friends, just running into him multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's pretty cool. It it took me a while, too. Yeah, I would imagine somebody like that, you're probably a little guarded on like making friends because you don't know like what people maybe want or like what their motivation is or you know what I mean? Like totally. Yeah. yeah, Totally. It it took me a long time to even bring up football because when I was talking to him, I didn't know who he was at that moment. So I was just talking to him like a dad. Yeah. And then when I realized who he was, I, I told myself I need to make a point to continue to talk to him like a dad, like he's a dad in the neighborhood and yeah. make sure he feels welcome to the neighborhood, like a neighbor. Right. Right. And then it took a while for me to even bring up football. I was like, Oh, right. but I did notice I was, I used to wear like San Diego charger stuff when, uh, uh-huh. cause I was down in San Diego at the time and uh-huh. I slowly started removing my San Diego stuff. In <laughs> 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 and, and one season I, I took off the San Diego chargers hat, I put on a saints hat and I said, okay, man, I joined the nation. I joined the Houdat nation. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that was. A he good seems day. like a pretty rad dude. I know. I've seen him on um, that Bear Grylls show, mm. and he just like really like seemed pretty rad. But then I saw him. I think you were on that. Didn't you guys do a ride with Tasco, like we on his bike or something like that, and YT or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And he just like naturally was like a mountain biker by the end of the ride, like boosting oh. gaps and shit like that. It was crazy, Robert. I mean. When we got out there, um, I set it up with the president of YT. I said, hey, I got a friend who I'm bringing in. I want to do a, a ride like with a small squad. Let's go out and show him the trails. And then I revealed who he was. And then I reached out to Nate at Tasco and said, hey, uh, my buddy's going to need some gear. I don't know if you'd be willing to, to kick in some gear for the friend of mine. Uh, I reached out to 7IDP at the time was supporting me for like protective gear. Mm-hmm. Um, Seven sent out some some helmets and uh things for drew and then we had uh spy optic provide some goggles so once he put the full face on the goggles he could be yeah. next to everybody and nobody would know who he was right right and, right uh, yeah we got him on a decoy the president of yt took us out at the uh the yt trails out there in san Clemente. and cool. uh it, and so at the beginning drew was like what buttons do what he had a dropper seat he had yeah. like shifted from trail to boost mode yeah, it was yeah. crazy watching the progression the whole way through the video because right. he definitely like had not been on a bike in a long time when he started the video. 
Yes. And like then, then by the end of the video, he's like trying to hit this gap. And I'm like, what are you fucking <laughs> this guy's off the hook, man? <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. And I was like, are you sure you want to hit this, bro? Are you sure? And he's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I got this. It's just that level of athleticism that, right. that he has. And you could also see that everything he did prior to the point where he jumped on the mountain bike and he had reti literally retired before he jumped on the mountain bike, everything had been for football. You yeah. know, so he, he can't get hurt. He's got to do everything within the time that's allotted for him to prepare and be the best he can be yeah. to help win a championship for that city and for that team and to be the leader for that team. Yeah. And to see him on a bike that he had said, like, God, I think it's been like 20 years or something. I, I think right. I remember him saying that it's been that long since he had been on a bike. Yeah. And then uh, we put him on an e-bike with all these different buttons on it and a dropper seat button, yeah. front brake, back brake, like right. all that stuff. He didn't remember which one to pull and right right yeah i don't show it in the video but on the first berm he pulled front brake and and washed out he's like oh that's right i gotta go right hand back brake and that was like yeah, yeah. the only time he fell yeah <laughs> he dialed it in after that yeah right it was yeah, crazy. that's pretty rad though that's, that's, was, that's pretty cool it was cool it was fun fun day yeah 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 so it, it definitely looked like it i think tasco put out an edit too or some I, I i've seen a couple like i think there was more than one video right yeah uh tasco did a did a blog on on the day and wrote up an article uh -huh. on Maybe on the kit that they provided for him and that's i think that's housed on on tasco's website i think nate put that on the website yeah, yeah. um really good though and you know it was it was it was nice to see how he wrote that up and and kind of the yeah. time that they spent so that was very cool so you use that seven idp stuff so I did. Yeah, I had seven IDP and um, I now have a new protective gear company, but I'm, I can't disclose it yet because there's a bigger YouTuber in front of me who's going to be the primary, you know, person for that for that brand. Mm -hmm. And they haven't uh, signed the contract yet. So once they sign the contract and, you know, they get their media out and everything then I can, you know, start wearing mine and saying and promoting it for, uh -huh. for this brand. But I can say it's very cool because the particular company that's going to be supplying some protective gear for me bought POC in 2015. Uh -huh. And so they're bringing all kinds of cool technology into the mm -hmm. mountain bike space for us here in 2022. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's going to be exciting. Right on. What, um, did, uh, did you use those, uh, Sam Hill pads from seven IDP whenever I, you were with them? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I just I recently did. started using them and, um, they're really comfortable. They are, but super comfy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, been pretty impressed with them but i don't know i feel like i ride so much like i'm like my average on strava is per week is six days right now dang <laughs> holy crap bro yeah yeah so <laughs> like awesome. uh my like I, I i get hot spots on certain spot like places and those it feels like when i first put them on i wish i would have waited a little bit longer to do my 90 second review on them because when i first put them on it takes them a little bit, I think, until they like get warmed up. Mm -hmm. That the like knee pad, like sometimes it's kind of like rubs on the, some certain part of my knee. But I think whenever I'm, if I was wearing them like a normal person, like you know, probably like a midweek ride and a weekend ride, you know what I mean, like what most people do. Yeah, um, I probably wouldn't have any problems. But whenever you're wearing something like six five six seven days a week <laughs> you find out where the limitations are <laughs> right exactly that's a lot of time on the bike that's awesome you can do that 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, I felt that too. It's like that D3, is it D3O, that material? I don't that, think, it, I'm not sure if it's D3O that they're using, but it's something like that, you know, something that kind of heats up and then it yes. like is a little moldable or whatever. Yeah. I ended up having to put mine on kind of sideways because the cup on the knee pad would scrape my knee when it was cold, pulling mm -hmm. it up. But if I put it off to the side and pulled it up, it, it'd come up nicely. But yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying. As soon as it warmed up, those things were just so comfortable so flexible yeah 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 they definitely have really good protection and i feel like i have this pretty jacked up knee injury right now from uh taking a spill in in phoenix and i think if i was wearing those pads i don't think i would have had the same injury oh dang like so it's kind of a bummer but it, it is what it is um eh, i don't know you know it's like those things like uh, initially you know the first time i ever had knee pads they were um the Cali strikes. Okay. I really liked them a lot. And they were similar though. They would like, once they would warm up, then they were like super pliable. But it, like, if you put them on a cold day, they were kind of rough, but um, <laughs> it's like, a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just until you get, you know, once you start pedaling, then they would, they would be fine, you know, but uh, it's interesting trying a bunch of different product products and then real like, like in your mind being like, man, if I could like take this from this and this from this and kind of put them all together, I would, I would, I think, I feel like I could make the best knee pad there was, but yeah, I don't have those resources. <laughs> I know, I know what the, the company that's uh, going to be coming out here, I mean, they've been out for a while, but they have this cool oxagonal technology where it's based off of Poisson's ratio, which I had to totally read up. I'm like, what the heck yeah. is Poisson's I think I know ratio? who you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you leaked enough there, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Like the, the, the science behind that, you know, like, um, it, everything is in perpendicular lines. So if energy strikes that thing, all the, all the energy goes out to the perpendicular lines and they claim an 80% reduction of energy from impact to, you know, spread oh, through, wow. through the body. And, uh, luckily I haven't tested that. I don't want to, but, yeah. uh, but that's, that could be really cool. And then when you're pedaling, because everything's in an octagonal shape, you feel like you have air conditioning coming through your knee pads. Like mm -hmm. This summer, I just felt all the air was like, oh, this is so nice. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's stuff that protective gear. You, I feel like I always go through this this period of time where it's like, you know, you have an accident, you're like, man, I'm glad I wear that shit, yeah. and then so long goes by that you don't have an accident that you start doubting why you're wearing it. And, um, usually right around then is when something happens again and you're like, yes. Oh, Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, I was definitely getting to the point recently where, cause I wear like, I wear elbow and knee pads Okay, just because, um, there was a couple years ago, I, I, I got into this accident and that night I'm like laying in bed and both my knees and both my elbows are like wrapped up in bandages Ooh. and I'm laying there like, like, like a freaking idiot thinking to myself, like, why am I doing this? Like there's protective gear that would have stopped exactly what I'm, I'm like experiencing Damn. and I'm not wearing it because like. I don't know. I'm like too cool for it or something or <laughs> I, like, you know, you're or like comfy, you're getting yeah, comfy. You know, I think other part of it too is like, I'm 44, man. I grew up, nobody wore that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, I think that that was like a good, good, maybe another reason why I never did. It was like, ah, I've been riding bikes for 20 years. I don't need freaking pads. <laughs> you know? and, uh, 
So that night laying in bed, I was like, that's it. I'm going to reach out to Cali and see about getting some pads. And that that's basically whenever I had started my, like, uh, kind of using their stuff. And, um, ever since then, like, just recently though i've been thinking man i don't need elbow pads oh no i'll keep wearing the knees but i don't need the elbow pads you know yeah and uh then i took the spill and it's like it just like totally reminded me like i can guarantee you the pads that i was i was wearing the fox pads i did a review on them recently um i took a pretty hard impact to like my shin part of like right below my knee and they did 100 percent what they were supposed to i who knows i could have maybe maybe shattered my 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 leg or something you know like those things work well at this like dispersing energy right right and whenever that hit you know that's the point that my body and the ground is connected and so my body was continuing to move and i think that pad pulled down while i was rolling and then so it exposed the top of my knee which was then the next part that hit the ground Uh. and um um nonetheless like what it did though for me was not like, oh, these things are crap. I still got hurt. You know what I mean? It was instead yeah. it like reinforced, like that could have been way worse. And my elbows were fine. You know, like my other knee was fine. I'm, I, I was bouncing all over the ground. So like they worked, you know, and at that point it's like, okay, keep wearing this stuff, you know? Yeah. It's funny when you feel that, like, I feel like maybe I don't need those. So I, I've been rocking without elbow pads because of the same feeling that you were talking about. Like, I think the knees for sure, but I mean, look at my elbows. They're yeah. like all discolored and everything. Yeah. And then uh, I'm getting into this weird place. I don't know if you feel this, but sometimes I go, I'll wake up and I'll get superstitious all of a sudden. Like, man, I haven't crashed in a while. Yeah. Today might be the day. And I'm kind of like the mindset guy, you know? So I'm like, why am I putting that stuff in my head? Yeah I, yeah, I have control over what I do out there. I don't have to go big. I don't have to go right. medium. I could just have fun. <laughs> but, yeah, but you see, the thing is, is like, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going big or you're doing anything whenever you wreck. Like that, that wreck that happened true. whenever I um, decided to start wearing pads. I was riding a trail. I've ridden a million times. I was not like trying to PR. I wasn't like, I was actually just having a good time. It was a big, pretty big group ride. And I came onto this jump that I've hit a bunch of times, hit the jump and where I landed, it was muddy and my front tire just washed. Oh, and it was like, there was no way that I was, would have known that, you know, the only, you know, know, I could have, I could have came over that and not even jumped it and just rolled over it and still washed out and hit the ground. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, it's just shitty luck. You know, and I think that that's the thing where, like, I got a buddy. It's like, he he's like bruised up his arm a bunch of times since I've known him. And I've only known him for like a year. And it's like, dude, how many times are you going to have to have that inner injury before you just like break down and start wearing elbow pads? You know, yeah, like, totally. I, don't know. I know I need to, I need to get my elbow pads back on now that we're talking about it. Cause anytime I wash out, it's usually my hip and my uh-huh. elbows you know yeah the back of the love handles man i i can't tell you how many times i've scratched that part of my body up so many like even skiing i've done it a bunch of times skiing where i like eat shit i'm sliding down the hill at like mock jesus and you know it just (laughs) blows your jacket up and it's just your skin just like (laughs) like, that's the worst man oh yeah oh god 
Yeah. It usually takes me to like learn things the hard way, you know. I like never wore a helmet skiing either. And uh one time my buddy had his his uh Garmin with him and he's like, dude, we hit like we hit like 65, 70 miles an hour on this downhill. What? Line, right. Holy yeah. crap. And uh it was like that same day where we were doing something else and we were up in um like more in like the powdery kind of stuff, and I hit something funky and it just threw me backwards. And um it was the first time in my life that I've actually like quote unquote got my bell rung. Like Ooh. where it literally sounded like somebody with like a big freaking sledgehammer was just like Ooh, you know, like God. and I was like instantly like I was like kind of seeing stars and I was like, holy shit. Like I thought that like getting your bell rung thing was like just like a figment of speech. Right. You know, right. but it was like literally like sounded like that. Like it's like resonating <laughs> in my head. Like in the <laughs> cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Dude. <laughs> and uh I was like I was sitting there thinking, okay, I should probably wear a helmet. Like and I thought to myself, like, I ride a hel- I wear a helmet riding bike going like 20 miles an hour through the woods. But I'm going like 50, 60 miles an hour down these like runs at some point. Dang. And if I eat it, I'm sliding for like 100 yards before I stop. Yeah. You know That's I mean? a big like, yard sale. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, 50 yards or whatever. It's like there's trees everywhere. So it's oh, like, yeah. what am I thinking? Like, why am I not wearing a helmet? So now I wear a helmet there too. Yeah, no, that's smart. I mean, within that, the technology is so good. It seems like, you know, comparative to before, um, people talk about how everything is so light and so protective and you got the MIPS and everything. And mm-hmm. even in the ski stuff now, don't they have like um, stuff with like headphones built inside and, and, yeah, and all kinds of stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And the, the worst part about skiing is like mountain biking. I never drink in mountain bike, but I tell you what, man, when I go skiing, I got freaking course light <laughs> hidden all over the fucking mountain, dude. So, like, so I'm like drinking beer and freaking being stupid and not wearing it. <laughs> Well, apparently yeah. most, of, most of the accidents happen after lunch because uh, like, everyone comes in and they get cold again, but then they also purchase alcohol. And yeah. they load up and they go back out and then they quickly get tired. Plus whatever buzz they have going on is yeah, just a bad yeah. recipe. Yeah. That's why I don't, I don't ever like every once in a blue moon. So they'll talk me into like a mid ride beer. But I, I, I was telling somebody the other day, like as far as biking goes, like I don't drink and bike because one beer is enough. Like it's not enough for me to like be like, feel like I'm buzzed or whatever, but it's enough that my brain is like hey dude you should do it (laughs) whatever it is it's like yeah like if i'm thinking should i should i go faster right here my brain's like yes (laughs) like should you hit that jump yes (laughs) anything stupid my brain is like yes like is it is it a loud voice or is it like a whisper like yeah robert oh i don't know how it speaks but whatever it does it's just like like I'm like a zombie in the cartoons, you know, where you're like, you're like, and you're like ah. right. You, you look over, you got like two, like 
guys on your shoulder, like one dressed in white, one dressed in red, like hit it, Robert, hit it. No, 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 no. Don't do it. You're good. No. You're good. <laughs> no, one beer and I have two red guys, dude. There's no, <laughs> just no white guy at all. <laughs> it's They're a good idea. Like, yeah, what he said. It's a great idea. This is really going to be the moment you're going to shine. <laughs> hit the GoPro. We on? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So oh, my God. That's why I try not to drink and ride. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Two red, two red dudes. That's. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just horrible. But, um, <laughs> but I do, I do definitely enjoy the after ride beers. So that, that's, uh, that's, that's been, um, it's been fun over the last couple of weeks, actually, because, um, I wasn't drinking a lot before we went to Sedona and, then, um, you know, it's like, we went to Sedona for the mountain bike festival, so which you were there. Fun. Did you have a good yeah. time? I had a blast there. It was too short for me. It was, I got three trails in and then it was time to go home. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I wish I would have went a few days earlier and then, you know, made some more time to like hang with the wife, do some stuff, maybe even do those pink Jeep tours. Yeah. And then, and then when the festival hit, then like go all in. But I felt like I was trying to juggle too much. Uh-huh. You were know. there with the family too? Yeah. I brought the, I brought the wifey. She's an ultra trail runner. Oh, and, cool. Uh, and I brought her a, a stump jumper and I thought in my mind was going to be like, we're going to ride and then I'm going to ride and then we're going to go to the festival and man. It's just all of it. It's just like I rode and then like, what? It's time to go to the festival. And like, what? It's dinner time. And oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, that gives you plenty of reason to go back, you know, definitely. and um, that's the that's definitely the fun part is I, I've been going now. Shoot, it's been like four or five years at this point that I've been going. And um, I think before I went this year, like, like I had never done hangover and so I did hang over on this, this ride. And I was thinking, man, I, like every time I come back, it's like, I keep riding a lot of the same trails, but then I ride something new almost every time too. And whenever oh, I ride awesome. something else, I'm like, well, I definitely want to like, this place doesn't stop like impressing me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, there's so many trails there and it's such a good time. And I think that, you know, if you, just go for the fest and you get what you get in then it's like plenty of reason to go back and like i purposely try not to like make it a big trip where i may like burn the place out does that make sense yeah 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 totally i mean if you if you book every single second <clears throat> it's uh you know it could possibly not be not fun you, you yeah. may miss something and Kind of being loose, loose and lucid, and kind of figuring out what people are doing and joining that, like at the last second. Yeah, you might you might run into something amazing. Yeah, like, I I am. I didn't get to spend much time at the fest this last time, which normally I I spent a little more time at, and um, we were just riding so much, so it just it just worked out that way. I mean, I guess that's not a bad problem. <laughs> that's not. No, that's awesome. But it's really but, fun talking to everybody there, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of new to all of this stuff with the the YouTube and the podcast and um, with the Slack group. That was awesome mm -hmm. to to go out to dinner. And when we got there, I was, you know, I, I was a little intimidated. I, I didn't know. Obviously, you guys were all, you know, we we're all sitting there in that hamburger place, which was awesome. Just to fill people in what he's talking about, a bunch of us creators have a, a Slack group that we talk about, like, 
frame rates and weird, boring YouTube shit to each other. Thumbnails. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, which thumbnail is going to do better and why <laughs> right. the algorithm sucks and all these kind of things. <laughs> and uh, and because, because so many of us go to Sedona every year, um, somebody had the idea like, hey, let's all meet up for dinner. And this was Mark's first year and we were meeting up for dinner. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I literally walked in and the first person I saw was Colorado Kid. He's like, hey. And then, you know, MTB Allen was there and then BKXE was there and Paul the Punter was there and just like Bike Sum was there. And yeah. dude, Tony the Josh Outsider, was yeah, Josh yeah. was there, Shane the Crashing Dad was yeah, there, yeah. Riding My Best Life. I instantly was like, I'm just going to sit here at my table with the wifey and just kind of eat my stuff and say, what's up everybody. But yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. it was, it was awesome. But at the same time, I was like, I don't want to bother anybody. I, I don't want to, you know, bug anybody. Um, yeah. And I know the group's open and everything and we're all like doing the same thing. And, but yeah, it was like, I felt like I was in Oculus land. Like look over there. There's Robert, you know? Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. There's, <laughs> there's the crashing dad. Holy crap. Paul the punter, a little, little starstruck, star maybe. Yeah, the wifey was like, you know, kicking me into the table. She's like, just relax, just relax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all just people. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing to remember. Yeah. You know, and especially like as another creator, um, like we all have the same problems, regardless of like how big our channel is or how small our channel is. Like, it's the same thing. Like you. You want to grow more. You want people, your videos to do well. You want to like influence people or help people or, you, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, I think that, uh, you know, the guys with the big channels that they understand they've been where we're at. And then they also, like I said, they still have the same problems. You know, it's like how you come up with new, more content or whatever. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think that the, um, festival, like, like uh sedona or like going to um like sea otter is really good for the podcast at least for me because that's where i make a lot of connections to like get people on the show oh that's good that's good yeah yeah i was so um i was so like excited that you you came up and introduced yourself and you know talked to me and was like hey man let's 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 get on the podcast let's talk and i'm yeah. like damn that's 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 biker bar <laughs> holy crap yeah um, but that was cool yeah and i could see that making connections and networking and getting people on you know it's cool we have these platforms right yeah. where we can have people come on these shows and kind of have their voice heard their yeah, stories yeah. told it's awesome yeah it's fun you know and i think i i like like the um the talking to the companies because there's so many companies in the bike industry that are actually pretty small and like mm -hmm. people don't people just make the assumption that they're this like big at least i used to uh, like assume that a lot of these places are like big you know like like for example like cali protectives or i would imagine 7idp as well it's probably a similar size company where there's probably like 15 people working there you, you know what i mean like <laughs> if, if 20 i'd be surprised you, you know what i mean it's like they're selling equipment to like the world you yes. know and yeah uh, and you just make this assumption that they're huge like like specialized or something like that but there's so many of them that aren't like like the guys from archer components it's like two guys wow. going up against sram 
you know, like, right. You know, like the guy that makes um, pedaling innovation pedals, it's like him and his wife, you know, like he's got like, so it's, it's just interesting to talk to people and like hear their stories. And then even other people, like I had um, the guy that started box components on and, you know, he had a, a, a big background, you know, but he still like started over with that company and it, it's just interesting. It's really, int- I like those stories, you know? Yeah, me too. And, and I love when they, you see them connect out there in, in the wild, like out on the trails, you know, I had a, I had the owner of Afton shoes on the show on the segment. And it turns out that TJ is the one he's the guy. But if you were to see an Afton shoe in a bike shop, it's this beautiful shoe for the flats it's got all these components to it it's like really right. technical but it looks very urban yeah but getting to know him i'm like wow dude you're out on a limb you're the only one you have some people helping you out but you're you're the one fighting against yeah. like you know adidas five the 510 yeah. all yeah, that yeah. stuff it's like you end up rooting for these guys and then you end up seeing an afton shoe out on the trail out in the wild and you're like that is rad yeah, it is so rad. Uh, I had him on the podcast last week, and then I actually was out riding today, and a guy by the name of Alpha MTB um, had purchased some, and he showed me his shoes. He's like, I, after the podcast, I I went out and I bought those, yeah. and uh, and I got I did a couple laps with them today. It was uh, it felt good, you know what I mean? It just feels yeah. good. It's interesting, man. It's it's definitely um, it, it's cool. It's definitely cool. Like me, I think I met the guy from Afton as well at sea otter if i remember correctly but um they're like they look like way more like like regular shoe than a bike shoe right yes yeah 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 yeah. they they look urban simple yeah yeah they're highly technical once you start looking into it you're like holy crap (laughs) yeah 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 so um yeah but it's interesting you know when you meet people out there and they're you know you realize sometimes that you actually do have the influence more influence than what you think you know what i mean where where mm-hmm. people are like oh i bought that or i bought that or um i did a sh- uh, 90 second review on a maxis tire not too long ago the acid eye uh-huh. and i was talking about the dhf and how there's this space in between the middle lugs and the side lugs that kind of like you, you feel like a little give on okay and and one of my buddies that has or works at a, sh- a bike shop down in Arizona was like, dude, people keep coming in and talking about that freaking tire ever since your video came out. <laughs> like, he's wow. like, and they keep saying, you know, it's like, that's weird, man. Cause it's like, I don't really think about it that way, you know, or like, yeah. there's that, that I'm like, I'm just some freaking overweight beer drinking mountain biker sitting in his garage, making a video to like, I don't know who's going to watch it, you know? And, and um, then next thing you know, you know, people are like going out and purchasing things or what? it's just weird. You know, it's weird yeah. when you think about it, you know, it is the influence part. You know, it's like people are always watching and uh, you never know who's watching, you know, and yeah, it, it's tough because as a creator, for me, this is new. So I when I'm out there and I'm sure no matter how big or small people are, I'm sure they want to have everybody seen and heard, you know, if they're watching your stuff or, or a mm-hmm. fan of the show or whatever. But it's uh, it, it's hard to think about like your influence on things. And, and, you know, sometimes when the camera goes on, I have to make sure I try to pay attention to what I might be saying. 
Um, yeah. A lot of times I, I get uh, dads who will hit me up and be like, hey, man, my kiddo met you at such and such. It was so excited to meet you. And I'm like, wow, I didn't I had no idea, you know, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, people tell me all the time, dude, my kid's a big fan of your stuff. I was like, have you listened to the shit that comes out of my mouth, man? <laughs> Are you sure you're, you want your kid? I don't know if I would let my kids listen to me. <laughs> I always feel bad. Oh, man, I had this kid come up to me once. And uh, I'll tell you what, you should definitely work on your signature because someday this is going to happen to you. This kid came up to me and he wanted me to sign his helmet. And I was Holy like, Holy crap. What the hell am I going to write on this helmet? <laughs> and those things are not easy to sign either. They're all like bending, like curves and <laughs> right. stuff all over them. I was like, this is going to look like I had an epileptic seizure. <laughs> my name on there. Like, did he have the Sharpie on him and everything? Yeah, he did. He was like wow. stoked to meet me, like super stoked to meet me. And, you know, with the kids, they, you know, an adult knows how to like kind of hide their, their like, their stokedness you know yes. but like a kid they just have this like look at you like you're like superman or something you know and i would imagine especially like meeting me in person like i'm a big dude yeah. you know like six two two fifty you know like i'm a yeah. big person yeah. so it's like one thing you know to like I, I would imagine that's like probably slightly intimidating as well you know what i mean like, right oh so, yeah uh, yeah yeah it's definitely it's been really, it, you know, that it's really cool every time I meet somebody that's a fan and like, um, as your channel grows, you'll, you'll get it more and more. And when I ride locally, like, like on a weekend, you know, like today where I'm riding, you know, an area that a lot of people ride at a handful of people through the day will recognize me. And, um, that's neat. You know, it's really neat. You know, like to see like feeling. Yeah. 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 It feels like it's paying, like, obviously what we're doing, where it'd be great if the if the money took over for our jobs. But those are payments, too, it feels like, yeah. you know, when, when someone appreciates your work or recognizes you or says hi. Yeah. And uh, it, it's awesome. I In Sedona, there was a guy who started taking pictures. And then he finally, then he came up and he said, hey, I don't want to bother you. And it was just like, well, no, dude, who are you? And where do you ride? And where are you from? And thank you so yeah. much. Like, I felt like I was more wow maybe i was as excited as he was yeah and uh, i was just stoked that somebody noticed me i was like woohoo you mean me like did you look around it was in the hamburger place robert yeah 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 and i'm like mtb allen's right behind me look at that table right there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the dude was probably freaking out yeah yeah that's but, rad uh, though that's super that's rad. rad yeah it was good it's, it's good how do you how do you make sure that you know when you're out and about for people that don't come up and say hi how do you make sure that you're acknowledging them? Are you just being you, just Robert and out there writing or? You know, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. totally. I mean, like, I'm I'm not like, um, I, I'm a pretty social person no matter what. So I've definitely met people and like chatted with them for a while, maybe even like rode with them on the trail. And then later like mentioned, oh, you should, you, you watch YouTube. They're like, oh yeah, I know who you are. And they just like didn't <laughs> mention it, you know? Like, That's cool. Like, but, um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely like a social person in the first place. So for me, I, I'm I definitely don't act any different. I know whenever I think the first Sedona I went to, um, I was with the lady, and I remember some people asking her like, like, 
is he like this all the time? Like the way he is on the video? And they're like, yeah, she's like, yeah, that's who he is. Like, that's not like, it's not a skit or a person or a personality or like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's yeah. not a thing, which yeah. is funny because when I started my channel, I actually like was trying not to be me. I was trying to be like this serious person that I thought I needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever i started acting like myself all of a sudden it was like oh you know what i think people like that <laughs> yeah and this is way more fun <laughs> to be yeah. me <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then a lot of people don't like that too they're like ah screw that guy all he does is cuss and drink beer and whatever so that's got to be the hard part as channels grow then you get like the other half right the other part that's like dislike for whatever reason yeah. and, you know I you just, know i think that um I go through stages, you know, where I'm like, sometimes like I'll have this stage where I'm trying to like clean up maybe and not drop so many F-bombs and do this and that because I'm like, oh, if I do that, my channel's going to grow more. But then I'll have this other stage where I'm like, fuck that, man. That's not who I am. <laughs> That's not who I, I am. Be, like if I want to be freaking the Andrew Dice Clay of you, like mountain bike YouTube, then, then screw it. That's what I'll be. And, um, so I'm always battling that. I don't know, it, like, like for you, if you have some kind of bat, like internal battle like that or not. But for me, it's definitely, um, I go back and forth, you know, because um, I definitely, when I first started, my channel had a lot of people say, I would watch your channel more if you didn't cuss so much. I mm -hmm. would, I don't, like, I can't watch this around my kids because you're just like, fuck this and blah blah blah. you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah so um and, and and that resonates with me you know because i don't want it to only be that as well but so it's like try to find that like happy medium you know because um i don't know man like like you can you can hang out with your buddies and and be like like super locker room but whenever you're like actually making a video that's going out to people like is that really the personality that you want everybody to know you as you know like because maybe that's not really a, like that's not always like all of who you are you, you know what i mean totally so. yeah i mean it's hard right because you want to be yourself but then you also are trying to grow this thing but i mean if you look at the joe rogan podcast for example he it's explicit it's like hey man if you want to listen yeah. listen this is who i am this is how i talk yeah um yeah. and he's not overboard you know but he's dropping it in there and yeah um the largest podcast known to man right now yeah um so i think i think if it's your if you're comfortable being where you are but if you're also uncomfortable and you want to to clean like find a happy medium then you know yeah. that's maybe the spot for you too yeah 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 I just, just wing it. Just keep doing wing yeah. it and see what happens. Right? <laughs> well, I'm digging it. I'm digging the yeah. show, man. I I, yeah, I yeah. love listening to the I was like Paul the Punter. I listened to the Colorado Kid. And then oh, yeah. the the guy that you had on after Sedona. It was like right after or was it right before Sedona? He's right before was Sedona. He? The guy with the packs? It was in industry guy. Um was not the uh Oh the TRP one. TRP. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah, they're 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 fun. They're fun. I, I I really enjoy this show. I like I like talking to people. I like hearing about you know where they're from or when it's a YouTube personality or whatever. Or when it's a business, like kind of hear the background and understand like why things became the way that they were. Because I'm not like a technical guy, you know. I don't want to know like 
how you know how many grams is that way and you know what's the percentage <laughs> of of what's the the gear ratio between this and you know i i don't really give a shit but like yeah. i do like to kind of understand the bigger picture though that that's fun fun to hear yeah. You've, how many episodes have you done on your your, your podcast now? So I, I have one tonight. <clears throat> Later on tonight, it'll be episode 55. So I'm a year into this. Oh, wow. You're cranking them out, dude. Yeah, it's a uh, man. It's so it's so much fun. It's, do you do uh, one a week or you do more than one a week? I do one a week, but they, I had a couple weeks in there when the wifey and the kids and my wife is a she was a school teacher and now she's opened up her own business. But a couple weeks within the year, she takes the kids traveling somewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I'm by myself, I can crank out a couple episodes in that week. Mm -hmm. uh, but but mainly it's once a week. I try mm -hmm. to do, do once a week. And I'm, I'm still looking for the sweet spot. Like when it comes to family and balancing and juggling and work and everything, like maybe mm -hmm. Sunday nights might be the one. But man, so far I've tried Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. And uh, inevitably, you know, family stuff is, is hard. It's a hard juggle. So yeah, uh, Sunday might be the best. I feel like Friday or Sunday are, are like the two good days personally. Um, and for me, like what I would say is that I, I enjoy Sunday and what I try not to do is I usually try not to book out too far in advance. Yes. That way I still have the option to like actually not have a show if um, something fun sounds like it's coming up. Yeah. Because my first year I like, um, I would, I, I would have people booked out like two, three months in advance. Like that's how far out I was booking. And, um, you know, some weekends you want to go camping all weekend or some weekends you want to go skiing and you don't want to have to like rush to get home. And, um, if you have people booked out that far, like then you'd have to cancel with somebody or reschedule or, you know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like uh, this last year, I think I've done a way better job of not, um, of not like, like letting it kind of get too far into like my personal space too. You know what I mean? That's awesome. <clears throat> that's yeah. huge. How did you figure that part out? Because I, I feel like that's where I am right now, trying to plug it into the right spot. Yeah. I think, you know, for one part, you know, having it at a certain time and a certain day, then it lets your family, like, they kind of expect that then too. Like the lady knows like, Hey, Sunday at five to seven like robert's gonna be afk you know like and uh and if there's something that she wants to do then she just knows that she needs to like like uh let me know like ahead of time like a month out or something like hey i wanted like to go out of town this weekend can we not like can you not do a show or do you have anything booked yet and kind of then it gives them you know something that they can um kind of like plan around as well you know and then the other thing too was like, I used to be like super, it has to be Sunday at five. And this year I definitely like had some people where they're like, oh, well that doesn't work. And I'm like, that's cool. We'll do it whenever, gotcha. you know? And um, then that like will ultimately like open up that weekend for me then. So it'd be like, I think in a couple of weeks I have Garmin on and they wanted oh, to be cool. on during the day. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. And then that weekend now I, I'm not going to do a show and I'll be able to like watch the Sunday night football game, you know, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of fun too. So I, I, I feel like, like, you know, take it seriously, 
but also like remember that this is not the job that's paying your bills that's the way i look at it right that's now. that's a great way to look you at know? it yeah absolutely yeah i hear you say be flexible too you know yeah. when when guests have uh, certain things certain hours that are more yeah. important for them <clears throat> to bend yeah. for that and then the family yeah. too and i try to like i try to heavily influence people to go sunday night though because to me it's like I know that there's a core group of people that like getting on Sundays and, and listening to the show, you know, and, um, and I thank all of them, all those guys, you know, there's 22 people watching right now. And, um, like, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I think it's super rad that <laughs> people get on here and this is like how they spend their Sunday, like hanging out with, with us at the biker bar, drinking some beers and listen to us chat. And they were like having a good time chatting to their friends in the, in the comments and stuff like that. And I oh, think yeah. that, you know, just as much for them is the reason that I try to keep it on Sunday as well, you know, as the, the, um, the guests, but sometimes with the businesses, like the companies, like, you know, they, <clears throat> you're going to have to do what they want to do if you want them on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or at yeah. the end of the day, like I always tell people too, like, look, dude, I'm not paying you to be on here. I'm not like Joe Rogan yet. So like until I'm like flying you out to California to freaking sit in my studio and record this, We'll do it whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. I, I love what you said. I mean, I definitely noticed that too. The the core folks who come to the show and watch, they're always having like a chat party. You know, they're just they're saying what's up to each other in the chat. And mm -hmm. I always love like highlighting them and put, pulling them out and, you know, trying to get that engagement with them. And, and when I pick a time slot, um, I'm always hoping that they show. And it, it's cool to see. And you see that group grow. You know, yeah. I mean, so far. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it depends on the guest. You know, sometimes people have things going on or sometimes there are people are more interested in, you know, when you have the YouTubers on, they tend to have a bigger social following. So there'll be more people um, watching those live. But as far as like the downloads on the podcast go, it, it doesn't seem like it matters who the guest is. Like it's the same amount of people listening. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Before I do, I'm going to pop open a beer because I am on the Biker Bar podcast. Oh, yeah, here, right. Here goes the sound right here. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> when it comes to people watching this on the YouTube or listening it in audio via Spotify or iTunes, do you see a discrepancy in numbers either which way or is it Kind of um, initially I had more views on YouTube, but now I'm getting to the point where it's more on the podcast. Gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty so, nice. <clears throat> the thing that's interesting about the podcast is though, that you don't know if those downloads are new people or reoccurring people, or you don't know who they are. Like, right. if, you know, like with a, with YouTube, you have statistics that you can look at and you can see like, you know, 35% of these people that watched are subscribed or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yes. But, or you're like, oh, this is, um, you're seeing your subscriber count grow. Yes. But you don't have that on a podcast because your podcast is being downloaded on all kinds of different platforms. All you see is like metrics from wherever you're hosting your files at. Right. Right. And what trips so, me out about that too is the countries. Did you take a look yeah. at all the different countries? You're like, whoa, I can't believe yeah. somebody's listening to me in Somalia. Or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it's is that possible? <laughs> is there a mountain yeah. biker out there? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one that got me whenever I first started YouTube because you could look at your your uh, metrics on there as well. And 
it'd be like you know somebody in singapore i'm like why are they listening to me in singapore this doesn't make <laughs> are they collecting you know? information to call me about something later <laughs> right, right. but you never know man i mean i get messages from people and they're like oh yeah i used to live in northern california but i'm over here for work now and it's like oh wow oh, cool. you know like and now yeah. they're you know it's just like weird stuff like that so wow that's cool but I was going to say like the thing that's really interesting about the podcast is like I am noticing more and more people that when they're meeting me knowing me from the podcast than knowing me from my regular channel which is really interesting to me because there's such a larger number of people that are um actually you know subscribed to the biker channel as compared to how many people are on the biker bar so it's very interesting and that's where i started really thinking about well you don't know what that download is true on the podcast like you don't yeah. know if that's that person's first time listening was then mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. where like you can definitely see the metrics on on the youtube channel of like how many people are subscribed that are listening or that are watching you know what i mean right <clears throat> right um, yeah, it does make you wonder. It's funny that you said that because my metrics are very similar. I have more views on the YouTube, like POV writing stuff than I do on the podcast. But when I meet people out there on the trails, they'll say, I enjoy the podcast or I listen to the podcast. Yeah. And in very, I mean, lesser of the people like, hey, I saw the video on this and that. Yeah. So, or, or sometimes yeah. I'll have my goggles and my my full face on and I'll say something to a friend and somebody will be like, I recognize that voice. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That, you know. Most people recognize my voice from and not me as a person whenever I'm on the trail, which is funny because, I mean, I got this like huge tribal tattoo on my arm that's like <laughs> screaming 1995 and, and like you would think <laughs> like how many guys look like that, you know, and uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, even somebody that mentioned it today, it was like, I, I like, I rolled by him and they were like, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, living the dream. And he was like, I know that voice. And it was like, <laughs> it was just funny. Like it always cracks me up that people definitely recognize um, the voice more than they recognize. But you know, when you're wearing gear, it's like, everybody looks the same. True. You true. Know? Yeah. Especially if you got the goggles and the full face on and everything, it's, it's hard to tell, but some people do recognize the bike if it's off of the YouTube POV videos yeah. or just, or Instagram. Like I, I know that bike, especially if you yeah. have something dramatic, like a lime green fork yeah. or something, you know, they, they can spot you. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking too, because I said something to my buddy, cause I was coming down this downhill section today and there was like these two people climbing and, and like in the, like, two and a half three seconds that it took me to pass this guy he was like biker and, <laughs> and i was like how the fuck did that guy even recognize me? <laughs> and my buddy was like dude it's gotta be the bike because i got like pink decals on my bike you know it's like super bright yeah i guess i don't know or they were just like took a stab at it it's like how many fat guys with a beard are out here today dude speaking of trails was it a clip on insta was it in phoenix or was it in sedona I think it was you and a, a squad of folks um, were, were tackling some trail. And I was it you that went off into the bushes? It was like really oh, yeah, steep and off camber. Yeah, yeah. I just rolled right down the hill. That's what I was talking about with my knee injury. That's oh, whenever that's whenever shoot. I cut my knee up. What was that? Was that in Phoenix or was that in Sedona? It's in Phoenix. It's in uh, <laughs> the South Mountain area, what they call the area, SOMO. Okay. And uh, it's a feature there called the waterfall. 
It looks and sketch. yeah, you know, it's not that bad. Like, okay, it's it's pretty technical, but like, it's not it's not like the worst thing I've ever written, right? Yeah. And I wrote it earlier this year in March, and like had no problem with it. And um, whenever we were all standing there, I was on my tall boy this time, which only has 144 or 140 mils on the fork. And um, the last time I rode on my Bronson, which is like a 160 bike. And uh, I I told my buddy, I was like, hey, can you move out of, out of the way? I just want to roll up to it and just kind of like size it up. And I rolled up to it. And then when I got to the top, I was like, ah, it looks fine. I just kept going. And, um, you know, in in your brain, how things happen and the timing of it is like way different timing than when you watch them on video. Yes. And as I went down that, like I, in my mind, felt like I stopped and like tracks standed for a second and was like figuring out which way I wanted to go. And then I let go of my brake. And when I let go of my brake, I realized that I wasn't going fast enough. And then my fork sunk and I, and I kind of went over. Ooh. And, um, and when I went over too, it was really fun. Like in my, my memory, like I remember like falling over and putting my arm out and I saw this rock and I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those crashes where you like do a push up on the ground. You know what I mean? Where right, it's like right. You kind of like fall into that push up position. You stop yourself. Yeah. And like, I'm so, fine. Like, I'm was, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I was seeing that rock coming at me and I was like, okay, cool. That's going to stop me. And I, I remember putting my hand out and pushing the rock. And then I just wa remember watching the rock, like just snap in half or like come out of the ground, like just like crumbled under my hand. And I was like, Jeez. oh, we're in for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yikes. Like, but you watch the video and it look it it doesn't look like any of that happened. It just looks like I rolled down, fell right over, you know, yeah. but it's so funny how like your brain just like, it doesn't like, it doesn't see time the same way as like real life, you know, it's, it's crazy. <clears throat> and then on top of that, the, the GoPro effect, like it takes things and makes it way more mellow looking than when you get there in real life and you're like, yeah. holy crap, this is definitely not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Or you do it and you go want to show the wife you're like, check this out. And the GoPro has got it super tamed. You're like, how yeah. in the world? Yeah. <laughs> a thing. yeah definitely i've had that happen with people um meeting up with me to ride too where they're like you know they've watched me do x trail you know xyz hey let's go ride that and then they get out there and they're like oh this is like a lot worse than i thought it was going to be or you know what i mean and it's like yeah. you know unfortunately that's the way it goes with the gopro it really it really doesn't do anything justice at all, you know. Million dollar idea, Robert. If we could invent glasses or goggles that gave us the same view as the GoPro shows, that would make things way more build our confidence. Like you take it off, you see how steep it is, you put them on, and it's got the GoPro effect. Like, oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's we'd a great sell idea. them like hotcakes, you know. Oh, yeah, right. I thought you were gonna go the other way, like that you could put them on, they actually recorded it the way it looks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good too. Right, right. Yeah, I went up to when I was in Sedona, I went up to the White Lines the first time I've been up there. Because I really wanted to see it in person. Like, I'm afraid of heights, definitely afraid of heights. There's definitely no way in hell I was gonna ride it. Oof. I was not even contemplating riding it. I just wanted to get up there and like see it in person you know Would and you um, 
it was definitely like way sketchier than I thought it was going to be even like in person, like, like, and knowing that as a, as a creator, like what the GoPro effect is, it still like surprised me. Bro, when you look down at Chicken's Peak and you see the Jeeps all parked down there, you're like, I thought I was really high when I was standing on that thing. And now yeah. they're way down there yelling yeah. at you like, do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, no, you, no, no, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy how well you can hear the people down there, too. Yes. Like, it's like they're just having, like, conversation. And you, it's like their conversation voice is making its way up there. It's, like, really a trip to, like. I don't know. It's kind of, kind of weird. So <clears throat> somebody asked here, let me throw up. Yeah. This got, got my attention. They were asking uh, how, you know, so, so many high level industry contacts. So just starting writing within the last year or so. Yeah, Jason, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think it's just where I live, you know, Southern California there, um, like the YT folks, uh, Steve Cavallaro out, out this way. I met, I met Steve Caballero on a group ride and mm -hmm. he's one of the, the guys who rides in YT for like an influencer side. And I got to meet the president through that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Tasco's also down here in San Diego. So got to know Nate Miller, uh, through just being local, being close by mm -hmm. and, uh, they're all good, good dudes. Yeah. And so it's like, you're talking to them and you're like, wait a minute, you're the, well, oh, so you're the president of YT. Holy crap. You know, yeah. oh, you're the owner of Tasco. Holy crap. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, just partly of just my surroundings is what I'm thinking it is. You yeah. Know, just a little bit of luck and a little bit of surroundings opportunity that way. That's good. That's good. Who, who, um, you said you've had 55 guests. Who are like your, uh, the ones that you, you look back and you're like, man, I really enjoyed that show. Man. Okay. So one that stands out, I, I obviously love the Colorado kid. He was on the show. Uh, MT Balance on the show, Tony the Outsider. I did a veterans, uh, a veterans episode early uh -huh. on, and we're talking about PTSD and just really trying to like, like dull the stigma of going to seek help if you're mm -hmm. feeling anxious or depressed or whatever. Like, seek a professional. That's what they go to school for. You know, if we have insurance, what the hell? Why not? You know. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of male mountain bikers, a lot of males in general are like, I don't need that. Like, forget it. You know, I don't need to. And at the time, I think it was, I don't know what the numbers are, but at the time in the veterans world, I think it was 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That's the number. It was, it's big. So I thought, you know, it's veterans day. I'm going to have some mountain bikers who are uh, active duty and retired to jump on the show and just talk about some of what they're going through with PTSD. And if they seek counseling, like not it's not that big of a deal it really helped them out so we had a great episode you know i love talking to those guys some of the stories and things that they've went through uh for our country i thought that was amazing what they do and how they use the bike to really help them mentally mm -hmm. and about three days later we got an email from somebody who watched the show it was an active duty veteran who said i was literally going to reach for my gun and end it all i heard the podcast and i reach for my cell phone and I have an appointment with a counselor like next week. And wow. that was something that was like, holy crap, we did that. That yeah. like the show did that. That's like yeah. worth it all right there. Someone's life, you know? It's, yeah. That's amazing. That's that, really that was, good, dude. Yeah, dude. That was one of my most memorable ones so far. It's just like the impact that, that we have is, is so good. You know, it could be so good. Yeah. 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 That's definitely, that's rad. That's, that's super cool. 
I've I've uh, gotten a handful of of emails from people or messages and in, in Instagram, but I, nobody told me I saved their life yet. So. <laughs> well, it wasn't me, but the yeah. guys that I had on they. Mark's cooler than me. That's it. Unsubscribe <laughs> from the biker bar. It's over. No, no, no. The biker bar is the best place. <laughs> uh, but... I had um, a guy on called Charlie Kelly, who was essentially the guy who like started mountain bike racing in like oh, Marin, no like way back in the day. Like, whoa, he had this race go- called the Repack that they did that like Gary Fisher and all these like guys that ended up being like key people in mountain bike industry were all like part of. And uh, that episode to me was like my favorite by far. Um, I wish I had like a better like microphone at the time or you know what I mean? Like you you can go back and look at your other stuff and you'd be like, man, I wish I did this or I wish I did that. And like, I was not using StreamYard at that time either. I think I was using uh like Google Hangouts or something like that. And uh, so, but that conversation was just really cool. I I love history and I really like, uh, I just thought it was really cool to like talk to somebody that was like a key figure in like this sport that becoming like what it is today, you know? Yeah, it's cool because then it's documented too. You know, people can go back and, and get that piece of information whenever they want to. And it's right. there, like you've provided a place and time to capture yeah. it. It, it yeah. it's so it's very cool that that that's there. Um, I yeah, who knows, man? We could be like we could be friggin' killing it in like 150 <laughs> years. You know, like 150 know. years from now, they'll be like, dude, the biker bar in the segment. If you guys don't watch that, oh my god, those guys are great. And they're like, yeah, they're they died like 100 years ago. Like, this is awesome. That's my great, great, great grandpa. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, man. I did have this one episode where there was a gentleman who ended up passing away. He became a friend of mine. He was a guest on the show. And he was, you know, 300 pounds. And mountain biking saved his life. Brought him all the way back down to a healthy weight. And he was impacting other people that were moving into the mountain bike space for that because their gyms were closed down due to COVID. Yeah. And and that was cool. And this guy was taking other guys out that were in his shoes, you know, previously. Yeah. And was really impacting them. Um, unfortunately, the the gentleman passed away. Um, but he's his voice is still there. Yeah. His his mission is still there. And it's just like when he passed away, I saw the numbers on that particular episode that was earning with Transcend MTB. I saw that episode just dialed right up in views. You know, I think oh, wow. people wanted to hear his voice and people wanted to see yeah. him. And, and it's it's cool yeah. that it's been there. It's captured. Huh. What, what happened to him? He ended up passing away. I believe, I don't know the official word, but I, he was at work and we, I, we think, I think maybe it was a heart attack. I don't know oh, for sure. Wow. Or I don't know if there was other things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, so. I do know I felt strongly you know for the family and for him man it was it was a rough one that's great you never know man you never know when your time is you know yeah and to have somebody on the show where you can look back and and you know i'm so glad that he got his story out and it's documented you know it's so cool because nbc's not calling cbs all these like espn you know they 
they're out doing their things and you and I are, are here in our communities doing this and highlighting people, industry, writers, you know, all that stuff. Right. And, uh, we're kind of, we're kind of the ones for that. And it's, it's right. cool to have that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. What are you looking forward to? Man, I just want to continue to have fun with this and grow it. Uh, eventually it'd be great if it became something where it takes over income. Um, my main job is, is a great job and I enjoy that as well. Um, it pays the bills and takes care of the family, but you know, there's something about this. That's just, it, it's got so many angles to it. Mm -hmm. That's satisfying. What do you do for a day job? A uh, day job. I work for a big pharma company and oh, I'm okay. in the uh, acute respiratory space in biologic therapy. Uh -huh. And so this last year has been two years has been crazy yeah, with, uh, with everything going on. But, um, but yeah, so I enjoy that cause I enjoy helping people, but, uh, yeah. this is like really in line with your passion, you know, riding a mountain bike, yeah. meeting people, hitting trails, learning things, and then mm -hmm. uh, doing what, doing this, doing what we do here. So do you think you're going to only do mountain bike or do you think you're going to do some of the other stuff? Like what you were talking about initially, you didn't want to like be in one space or. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know yet because I, I feel like a lot of these athletes, like for my wife as a, as an ultra trail runner, I see what she goes through and I see what they do and I see the mentality behind what it takes to become highly successful into that sport. And a lot of folks are very similar to kind of us as far as progression and, and continue to push. And there's just something that's behind you mentally that never makes you say, cool, man, I'm, I'm three minutes on that trail. That's great. You know, it's either I need to hit this feature. I need to learn this feature or I need to do something, to make myself better in a certain way, or I need to have more stoke. There's always some kind of a progression behind mm -hmm. it for, for different athletes. And I'm wondering if opening it up to them would be able to create more stories. But for now, there's so many in our mountain bike community. Mm -hmm. And uh, I definitely love highlighting all of that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if opening it up is a, is a good thing or staying in the mountain bike world is where I need to be. I, I still don't know. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I wonder about that, you know, even for myself, I think that although the name of the show is biker bar, like there, there could be room to like, like, you know, you could just expand on it. It's like, you know, anybody can show up to a biker bar. Right. Sure. But, uh, but I feel like, like, I don't know, my passion's really in writing. And so we'll see. I mean, there's so many people to talk to and so many like companies to talk to. And, and by the time that I got to a point where I felt like I ran out, like, even if I just started all over again with all the same people and companies, like there's new stories to happen or new products that came out or new, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, for now, for me, it's definitely gonna, gonna kind of stick this way, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I would, I, I would love to, um, see it become more than what it is but who knows even if it doesn't like I, at the end of the day i've had a lot of fun over the last like four years of doing the, these channels and i've met so many people and um like the very at the very least kind of like what you were talking about a minute ago like i've documented the shit out of my life yeah and um if something if i was to get run over by a truck tomorrow like my kids could show all these videos that I've made to my grandkids and be like, this is who your grandpa was, you know, or like, you know, they would still be able to get to know me. And, um, I think that's rad. That you know? is rad. I think it's rad to like, 
be out in the garage here drinking beers with your buddies and be like, oh, dude, we like we watch my videos all the time, you know? Like, yeah. be like, oh, let's watch that one, you know? Like, <laughs> like so. Yeah, there's so there's so many angles to it that's satisfying that you're just like, man, this is this is the spot. This is where it is. Like you and I have found this love for what we do here, yeah. these podcasts. And it's cool that there's people that are listening to it. And at the end of the day, we don't know who we're impacting, you know. Like you were saying earlier, you know, with people that want to come up and say hi, or you may have changed someone's decision based on a review that you did on a bike tire, you know, it's it's yeah. it's that kind of cool piece of information that you have to be able to get out there and uh, to have people from industry, people like, you know, the solo entrepreneur or the married couple entrepreneur that are put everything into this dream and your podcast could really maybe change the trajectory of how they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, what, so what bike are you riding right now? I'm on the YT. Yeah. I'm on the YT Jeff C core four. Um, uh-huh. I got that bike in July and, uh, man, I, I was coming off of a specialized stump jumper and then went into the YT core four Jeff C. Mm-hmm. I, I love, so love the that bike. stump jumper was your first mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Yep. So- I, I picked it up April 1st, uh, right when the pandemic happened and uh-huh. Robert, this is how new I was when I was looking through the shop, I saw all these brand new bikes and then there was used bikes and this is before everything walked out of all the shops. Right. So it was right, like right. literally like a week before everything started happening. Right. When everybody, when the salesman was like, this bike has 150 of travel, this bike has 170 of travel. Um, I, at first I thought that's how far they were ridden. Cause I was looking at some used bikes. I'm like 150 yeah. miles. That's not that far. Yeah. Why would I get a 170 when I can get a 150? I mean, that's 20 miles difference. <laughs> totally, totally didn't know what I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Oh, look at this button makes the seat go up and down. That's kind of cool. Like yeah. not even knowing what I need it for. Right, um, right. But yeah, yeah. I walked out with a specialized stump jumper, uh, mainly because of the price and the color. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the bike was was great. And then when I got on the YT Jeff C Core 4, I was like, this wow <laughs> it's so quiet and it feels so tight and it, it was comfortable day one man so um is that more travel the jeff c then it's a 150 in the front 150 in the back uh-huh. and it's a, one a was what uh 150 140 or 140 oh, okay. 130 it was maybe it was 150 so similar, similar travel bike then basically yeah and i think the head tube angle might be a slightly different there on on the yt Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that it pedals, like the thing climbs like a beast. Um, yeah. I've taken it on for me, what I consider bigger jumps mm-hmm. and it, it's plenty. I never come off of it going, man, I wish I had more travel. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's perfect. And I did, you know, before I bought the, before I got the Jeff C, I was looking at the Capra and I even took out the YT decoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I, I'm like in this weird place now where I feel like if this was surfing, the Jeff C would be my everyday. The decoy would be my longboard, you know, for, yeah. for cruising around. Or if I only had an hour before it got yeah. dark, I just want to do a bunch of laps. Yeah. Um, but then I guess, you know, price and garage and everything. I don't want to spend yeah. too much. <laughs> no, man. It's that N plus one thing though, dude. I think that um, having two bikes is really nice though. Yeah. Because like, especially if you can have two bikes that are, you know, pretty different in, in what they do. And, um, I think 
having that ability to have something broken on one bike and be able to go get it fixed and not affect your riding yes. is like key. I think I, I really enjoy like walking out into the garage and thinking about what ride I'm doing and like picking the right tool for it, you know? Yeah. What, and, are, uh, are you, ahead. do you have two analogs or do you have one analog and an e-bike or? I don't have an e-bike. I have a, a Bronson, which is like a 160 one. I think it's 160 in the rear too. It might be 150 in the rear. Um, and then I have a, a Santa Cruz Tallboy, which is a 29er, not a, so the Bronson's 27.5. Okay. And so then the Tallboy is a 29er, but it's a 140, 130 bike. Gotcha. Uh, or 130, no, 140, 120, 120 in the rear. Okay, so, gotcha, gotcha. So that thing like is just like, it pedals so good and it's it's like super fast, and, but it's a 29er, so it's not as like twitchy as a 27.5. And mm -hmm. I don't know, like they're really fun like to like to decide and it's cool too when I get like get it wrong, you know. And it's like, okay, well, I I took the short travel bike, and I probably should have been riding something with a little bit more, but I still made it, and that feels cool. Or, you know, um, I don't know. I just I like it. I like it a lot. And I like I said though, I think the biggest feed, the biggest thing is like being able to like break something and go get it fixed and not be without your bike is. Oh yeah. You know. Oh key. dude. I mean, how many, how many of us riders out there have been told, like, it'll take about two weeks for us to, you know, like, mm, I just will take it back with me. Cause I, I can't go two yeah. weeks without riding my bike. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. No, it's a drag when that happens, you know, and at, at this point, you know, I have more than one wheel set, like for my Bronson. So a while back I broke a rim. I was able to just put another wheel set, like another set of wheels on it. And it's nice having that. Um, I mean, obviously that's a cost thing that not everybody has the luxury of. Um, so I can understand why, why some people don't, but if you have the ability to have it, even if you had some older beater, you know, like hardtail or something like that, like it still would get you out on the trail whenever your other bikes, you know, getting fixed or you're waiting on some part. I mean, nowadays it's like so many <clears throat> shortages everywhere. It's, I've never been a person that had tires in my garage. And like right now I have four brand new tires hanging on the wall because yeah. it's like, if I, if I rip a tire tomorrow, I might go to the shop and not find what I want. Ooh, you know? Yeah. That's scary. You know, when you think about it, you try not to think about it when you're out on the trails, cause you're just trying to be in the moment and have fun, but you're right. If yeah. something breaks, they might not be able to get that, whatever that thing is for a while. Yeah. It's, it's a little scary. And then yeah. two, your body, if your body breaks on something, it's like, yeah. man, can the ER handle me? Can I come into that place? Is that going to be <laughs> okay? I mean, I don't yeah. overload anything, but this is. Yeah, no, I hear you there for sure. Let, I, I, let's knock on wood on that one. Yeah, let's yeah. knock on wood. We're getting superstitious <laughs> now, everybody. Yeah. experiences. Yeah, no, like, uh, like recently, like I ripped a tire when we were in Sedona. And, um, it sucks too, because I was at the shop putting my bike together in Phoenix and they had this tire there that I really like in the compound that I like and everything. And I was like, oh, I'll buy it on my way home. And then that now have it back home. And I was not thinking like, oh, what if something happens while I'm in Sedona? Right. So I ripped this tire in Sedona. Oh, I go to the shop and like, they had like 
the same tread pattern that I like, but they had it in just, I don't know if you're super familiar with Maxxis tires, but EXO is like their lightest, like compound, like, like it's like when you're trying to get as light of a tire as you, you want. And I usually run like on my back tire, like a downhill casing or at least EXO plus, which is like two layers of the, the, the thread pattern or whatever. So it makes it uh, 120 TPI instead of 60. Okay. And so it was like, here I am spending $90 on a tire that I know is going to get like ruined in no yeah, time. Especially Sedona, stuff. man. Yeah. Yeah. And at first I was like, this is bullshit, man. How do they only have <laughs> tires in Sedona? Like what the hell kind of bike shop buys those? And then my right. buddy was like, my buddy was like, no, dude, that's just all that's left. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, my brain was going somewhere else that they stock those because they know that you'll be back, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is bullshit, man. This is garbage. <laughs> and like, when my buddy said that, I was like, man, I'm such like a cynical asshole. I, like, <laughs> didn't even think about like, all oh, the good ones just got bought, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. 100% went the same way as you, man. So, so was, I know I was like they're thinking that's a good right? business model, you know. It's uh but you're right. Yeah. That makes sense. People out in that area are going to buy the, the the thicker walls and everything yeah. on their on their bike tires so that they can last. I mean, it's like riding on shark teeth out there in some of those areas. Yeah, Holy and they got cow. cactuses and all kinds of shit. Like everything Dude. on the trail wants to fucking kill you, right? Dude, I yeah, fell like... I fell in a cactus when I was there. Oh no! It, uh, I got a prickly pear right in the left cheek, man. Right in the left butt cheek. Oh no! It was the worst fall. It was one of those dumb ones, Robert. Like we had done Slim Shady, Templeton, Easy Breezy, back out. Um, uh-huh. and we were on. We were like literally going back to the hotel, and I was I was climbing. I was being dumb. I was like going back and forth with the front tire, like, oh no, I think I'm gonna fall. And I literally washed out doing <laughs> that, and I fell right into a prickly pear. There was no other prickly pear anywhere close by. Oh I fell right in there and it was literally shorts down on the side of the trail, trying to pick out as many as possible. But there were hundreds of these little ones yeah. that I couldn't see. And my buddy was like, he helped me with some of the big ones. Then he got like 15 feet away from me. He's like, all right, bro, I'm just going to stand over here. <laughs> yeah. Some of them were like way back there. Right. And uh, yeah, everybody that went by, <laughs> there, oh, there I am. Yeah. <laughs> Shorts. Was down. there like an Instagram picture of that or something? I haven't posted one yet, but I'm going to because I saw somebody post something. So it must... <laughs> you're not the only one. Put it that way. No, but everybody that cruised by, they all said the same thing. They were all like, "Welcome to, welcome to Arizona, welcome right. to Arizona." <laughs> and then when somebody would come by, I'm like, "I know, I know what you're going to say." And then they'd say, "Welcome to Arizona." <laughs> yeah. Right. Hi. That's awesome. Yeah, my lady like stepped on some cactus when we were riding out there, and she like Ooh. they went like right through the side of her shoe into her foot. Like oh, man. those things are like no joke, man. They're definitely um, yeah. Oh but, man, it's it, it's the worst. I so so pants down on the side of the trail, partially my underwear down, just trying to get to them all. And people that would cruise by, I I try to put my shorts back up and I restick myself because everything's in my shorts. You know, oh, all, no. the, all, the, all the spikes. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, yeah, I kind of got used to all the guys cruising by. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Arizona. Yeah. That's very cool. Very funny. Right. And, then, right. uh, and then the only person that stopped was a family and the mom. She was so sweet. She's like, I have a pair of tweezers. Would you like them? And so, you know, I embarrassingly, like, accepted the tweezers. And, and there were these, like, plastic kind where 
when you push them shut, there's like two bulbs that have to like meet, yeah. but they're plastic. So I can't get the dang things to, to meet up to grab the spikes. Oh no. Um, so I ended up having to ride out and sit down and push the spikes even more just so I can get out of there. But uh, we're going back to the village of Oak Creek. If you guys know Sedona area and right at this, right about to the circle K part, you know, I see this truck comes up beside me and they slow down and the lady rolls down her window. She's like, did you get them all out? Uh, no, <laughs> like, oh, it's her. I'm like, please keep going. Keep oh, going. God. And then she left with a welcome to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's man. so embarrassing. I yeah. never had. Have you ever had cactus before? No, like, like stuck in me, dude. Yeah, that's no, no, no? I, oh, I can't dude. think. I probably, I feel like I have, but like not on like that kind of level, like, a, like a just a uh, got zapped in the side of the, the leg or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but nothing where it was like just ridiculous, but dude, um, hundreds yeah. of them, man. Oof. So then you <laughs> went back to the hotel and like the lady like had to like yeah the operation on you that was embarrassing yeah so she was like trying to get him out and then we have the cell phone light on there trying to because she couldn't see him um oh but God. i learned something cool if anybody gets cactus and there's a you got the big ones those are easy to pull out but it's the little tiny ones that you can't see but you can feel mm -hmm. them right if you take the elmer's glue that you had in school when you were a kid you know the white elmer's glue yeah yeah if you go to the store and buy that and you just like spread that all over the place where it's at, let it dry. And then once it's dry, you peel it off. And when oh. you peel it off, it it's like it's already molded around all the needles and you peel it off. All of it comes out. Well, there you go. But I didn't know that at first. So I spent like my wife spent about an hour picking needles out of my left cheek. Yeah. <laughs> then I finally learned about the Elmer's glue and I got the rest of it out. I feel like I have a really hairy ass, so that would <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> That'd be painful, man. I feel like it, it's not a win situation for me, no matter what, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get like the wax stuff then. Yeah, right. I, just did a I quick think tear. that's I just go all in, just like yeah, let's get the hot wax and I'll go get me a freaking Brazilian done real quick and just. <laughs> Oh, oh man, man. yeah, uh, those are definitely those moments where you're like, <laughs> God, you know, you're, you're like fortunate that you were there with your wife. Like, what if you were on a guy's yeah. trip, right? Dude, and that's what happens. It's like, no, oh, dude, no, friendships like, getting closer or friendships getting further, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know if I could be like, dude. Can you pull these out of my ass? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and some of them are like literally like where you cannot see. You're like, I feel right. them back there, but I cannot see them to get them right, out. Right. And that's <laughs> a, the point where my friend was like, all right, bro. Hey, I'm going to yeah. just go up the trailhead a little bit and tell you if people are coming. I'm looking out for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I'm not I'm not spreading your butt cheeks apart, bro. <laughs> it's yeah. just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, shout out to my friend Joey. He's a trooper for helping right? me. But man. Yeah, good oh, go, out, dude. Going back to Jason's question, actually, the guy that I ride with a lot, Joey Yates, he's on Instagram as Uncaged MTB. He mm -hmm. knows all these guys, like the president of YT and the Tasco guy. And that's a, a lot of it is meeting people through my buddy. So mm -hmm. uh, it's it's really just that. My buddy yeah. Joey just happened to know that whole type of group in the industry. 
and uh, lucky right. enough to introduce me to those folks. So yeah, I just yeah, I, I need to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I um I I had something similar whenever I met um the guy Richard that owns the Stickered Company. Um, oh yeah, he obviously knows a lot of people in the industry because he's you know talking to them about doing decals or whatever and so he he had helped introduce me to a lot of people um other than that though it's definitely been um the events is where i've i've really like been able to network the most and i've noticed that um you know some companies are like yeah whatever you're some other dude that just has a podcast everybody has a podcast you know <laughs> and uh um you know, after a couple of years of, of seeing them, you know, at a couple of events and then they'll be like, all right, well, I guess this guy's like actually legit. And then they start breaking down. So I'm super excited about that Garmin one because that'll be like the biggest company that I've had. And that's like, I don't know, that's it's, it's just it's, I'm, I'm excited to talk to them about the products because yeah. I'm already like fully in bed with them. So I've been using <laughs> Garmin stuff since like 2006, you know, and yeah, they're like, oh, they, they told me to, they're like, um, hey, you know, we could send you a bike computer or something like that. And I was like, Dang. I literally bought a new computer like two days before they like answered me on the, the podcast thing. Oh, I was like, man. well, <laughs> take a backup one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. My battery was like, I've been working on doing this. Um. I, I want to do 10,000 feet in one ride. So oh. um, like a 10 K ride. Oh. So I've been, been working on like getting my elevation up. And um, the last ride that we did was like 35 miles and 6,500 feet of climbing. Good grief. Yeah. And my Garmin <laughs> died like before the last descent. So oh. like it just irritated the shit out of me that I had to like start my travel on my phone. And then it was like, not all one ride, you know? Right. And right. it's just because yeah. the battery is like toast. I've had it for so long. So, but, um, with the yeah. new technology, it should be, you know, good. Now the ones that you just got, they should. Yeah. 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 No, it should be. And then the one that I had, it worked great, but I mean, you can only like charge and recharge and uncharge something so many times until it's like, it's just no good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, iPhone, like, iPhone's a perfect example of that for right? sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the other one I've had, oh, I've had it for a couple of years now at this point. So, I mean, I definitely got my money out of it, you know, but then um, it was fine. It is fine if you're doing a three hour or a four hour ride or five hour. But I mean, we were out on the trail for over six hours that day. Jeez. You know, it's like that thing just, it just it gave up. So. Now I have a backup one in case I, you know, smash a screen or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be exciting to have them on. I, I jumped on a friend's bike at Sky Park, one of the local bike parks we have around us. And uh, every time I jumped on his bike, I heard it go beep and again, yeah. beep And I'm like, got to the bottom, like, man, what is that sound? He's like, oh, it's measuring your airtime. Yeah. I had no clue it does stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. I just um my the new one that I have has that on it. And I don't know if I had it turned off on the other old one or it just didn't have that feature, but I don't know if I like it or not. Cause it's like I I don't know, it's just something distracting to me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if I turn off the alerts and then I could just look at the metric later. I bet you I could do that. Right. Cause it in my GoPro, uh, in my mind, it sounded like this pull up, beep doop, 
land, beep and then the yeah. GoPro was like, beep doop I was like, what? No, come on. Yeah. <laughs> beep right. Like, I wasn't yeah, yeah. here longer than that. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't really looked at, I don't look at the metrics as much anymore on there. Like sometimes I'll go and look, but since I started using Strava, which now has been, you know, how I don't know how many years, I don't look at, at the, the data on the ride as much, but I do still like having the Garmin, like the whole Garmin kind of um, life cycle infrastructure. I don't know what you want to call it. Cause I have like a Garmin scale. I have, you know, the Garmin watch. So if I'm like running or walking or hiking, it's going to catch that. Or I got, you know, the Garmin for the, the, um, the bike. And so like, whenever you're looking at like your, your stats of what you're doing, it's capturing everything. That's pretty rad. Yeah, that is cool. Um, does the so I wear a MyZone as a heart rate monitor and it measures mm-hmm. my heart rate. Um, it measures like calorie burn and it's like on my chest. But man, does the Garmin do that like through the through the watch? You can you can use the watch one. I I still wear a, a, a chest strap because whenever I don't know about the new one, but whenever I was wearing the I had the Phoenix Three watch. And also like the one that I have on right now, I don't know what this one's called. Like the, it's like just the one that looks like a, Oh yeah. Like a, a step counter almost. Looks like but a this f- one has Fitbit. a heart rate. In- no, like but it's by Garmin. It's like oh. Vivo fit or something like that. I forget what they call it. But um, anyways, that has heart rate on it as well. And uh, I just felt like it wasn't as accurate as the chest strap. And um, for me, I do like looking at that metric to see, like oh i was hammering it up that climb and i can see like where my my um heart rate is like like really going up at you know and then i can look at over time and be like oh like last year when i was doing these climbs like i would be in like zone five or whatever you know it's like (laughs) yeah i'm doing it in zone three and i'm faster so that's kind of cool to see so that does feel cool and then too when you want to be in like a middle zone when they say like their fat burning zones in here and like anaerobics way up here it's fun to be able to like i need to dial this down or you know it's just good information for you to to change what you're doing yeah i got something controversial i wanted to uh bring up on the on the biker bar with regards to the heart rate and calories and things like that So I recently uh, called the president of YT and I said, hey, can my buddy and I take out two YT decoys and we already have the YT Jeffsies and we're going to take them to Vail Lake, which is out here in Temecula, California. We're going to set a course. We're going to ride one hour on this course that was preset. We're going to turn on the heart rate monitor and the Strava and and wherever 60 minutes ends up, wherever we are on this course, we're going to shut it down, capture all that information, come in rest for an hour, hydrate, you know, like just get our bodies back up to where they need to be. Take the e-bike out for the second 60 minutes, set out for the same course, wherever 60 minutes ends, we'll capture all that data and we'll Mm -hmm. come back. So I made a video out of this and my buddy and I were like, let's go hard on the analog bike because in our minds, we know we're, we know that the e-bike is going to, you know, we know that the analog bike is going to crush the e-bike. Let's just Let's just go hard on both bikes, but let's go hard on the analog bike too, because we need to make sure that it's, this is going to be a fair comparison. Let's exert ourselves, basically. Right. So when we pulled in and we looked at it, we did, we did, well, the e-bike basically we went twice as far 
when we looked right. at the data. We knew that was going to happen. Right. The elevation change was twice as much. We we knew that's going to happen because we're going twice as far. Right. Um, what I didn't think was going to happen was my heart rate was higher on the e-bike than it was on the analog bike. And I didn't know this was going to happen. The calories burned were higher on the e-bike versus the analog bike. Interesting. It was crazy. When you look at the MyZone data for the heart rate on the analog bike, it was like spike down, spike down like the whole yeah. time. And then there was like a period of rest where there was inactivity at the top of a run just because mm -hmm. I needed to catch my breath before hitting the DH. Right. On the e-bike, it was like spike, medium level all the way through, and then hardly any rest time because when I got to the top, I was ready to just drop in. I wasn't totally burned yeah. out. So Yeah, I can totally under a hundred percent like that doesn't surprise me. Because I, I, I don't know, I've only like legitimately used a e-bike on a trail one time, but um, that entire time, because you're trying to keep your cadence really high to keep the the motor as engaged as you can. Mm -hmm. So you're just spinning like super fast, yeah. even though it's not like feeling like a grinder, like kind of thing, like you're definitely like spinning a lot. You know? Yeah. I mean, even to talking to that point when I was, you're constantly in motion, like you're saying. And if I were to push down on the pedal, just like I did on the analog bike, you know, I, I pushed down the same amount of force where I felt like I'm, you know, I need to get up this hill. I pushed down. It's just that every pedal was worth twice as much. Right. And um, what I realized with that formula is that if you have an e-bike and you almost have to go twice as far as you normally would with the analog bike to get, a better workout and it wasn't like leaps and bounds better it was like i burned 900 calories on the analog bike in 60 minutes i burned 1100 on the e-bike in 60 minutes so it was like a mm -hmm. 200 calorie difference um but yeah. i had to go twice as far to do it right but in the same amount of time right it's the same amount of time though so yeah that's so, interesting though so yeah. mean, that's, like, that's a whole extra beer dude dude that so. was yeah that was crazy <laughs> when i brought that i i could i swore when I did the side-by-side -side comparison, I was like, this is going to end it. The analog bike is going to just blow the e-bike out of the water when it comes to effort, heart rate, calorie count, yeah. all that stuff. Mileage, I, I know, you know, yeah, elevation yeah. change. Uh, yeah, I'll give that to the e-bike. But when I came down, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect this. Um, That's really interesting, though. That's cool that you did that. I would I would love to have an e-bike, honestly. I think it would be a lot of fun. I just – I I – it's hard for me to justify that cost mm. for something that I know I'm not going to use all the time. Like for me, I know that would be like my once a week bike or like, you know what I mean? Like it, it wouldn't be my, like, I still like the struggle. I still like the, the feeling of accomplishment from like, I got here on my own power. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And um, I know that like when I rode that one, I had a lot of fun. But it was different. It was a different kind of riding, the way that I would break on things, the way that I would corner, the way that I could throw it around. Like, it was still fun, yes. And it, like, made trails that I would normally only go down fun to go up. Yeah. Like, that was really cool. But yeah. at the end of the day, I know if I bought one, excuse me, it wouldn't be the end of my, my like, riding analog bikes. So it's, yeah. like, to spend as much or more than I do on my analog bikes on an e-bike that I know I'm going to use like 20% of the time. 
is um that's a tough sell for me you know yeah Yeah. and what if it went the other way all of a sudden you find yourself on the e-bike more and the analog bikes collecting dust you'd be like oh yeah (laughs) yeah who knows maybe i have a friend that did that like he got an e-bike and once he got one he was like he sold all his analog bikes he's like i don't want to ride them anymore i don't even care well and it's tough too because if your squad if your crew is analog and you show up on an e-bike yeah. And you, you do the same amount of miles as them. You're not getting the same workout. You know, you yeah, like, literally have fun. to go double, you know? Yeah. And, and anytime go, I, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, and if you go double, you, you're not riding with them. You don't right. you miss out. And that's the thing I've noticed. Like anybody that's ever ridden with an e-bike with us. I mean, even with the guys that are fast, like the guy, the guy on the e-bike is just dusting the shit out of him. So what is he doing? Like sitting at the top of the hill for like, 10 minutes waiting for somebody to show up yeah you know what i mean like, <laughs> right you know it's uh definitely like what you said i mean once you buy an e-bike everybody in your crew has to buy one or you're not riding with them you know yeah it's tough so, it's tough or if they're fast enough to do a quick lap in you know like hey man go now and then come back around we should be getting to the top and then we get all yeah. downhill together but you yeah know, it never ends up perfect like that <laughs> right yeah, yeah usually texting like hey uh, bro where are you <laughs> i'm on right. this ridge how'd you get way over there what the hell <laughs> right right yeah so you've been riding now for almost two years what do you what do you think were some of your biggest struggles over that time man i feel like just there's just so much information that i you know i want to do i think the biggest thing for me is just making sure that i'm getting fundamentals I'll, it's weird like i'll ride and somebody will follow me and they'll be like, I can't believe you've only been like, you know, a year and a half into this. Mm-hmm. And then the very next trail, I'll, I'll wash out on a corner um, because of X, Y, Z reason. My, my fundamentals aren't, aren't there. So it's like mm-hmm. very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of writing. Like you might catch me on a day where it's like, look at this guy. And then you'll catch me on a day like, yeah, okay, that's perfect for a year and a half. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't add up yet. I'm yeah. still trying to find my way. Yeah. I mean, some people just pick it up well too. Did you ride bikes much when you were a kid or not really? Or no, I mean, I had a bike as a kid. Um, I did try mountain biking in high school. I went to mammoth mountain with a bunch of buddies who just got their mountain bikes and I borrowed a buddy's mountain bike and I crashed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not the sport for me. Cause if I, if I get hurt, you know, I don't get to do my skateboard or back then it was mm-hmm. also martial arts. And I'm like, ah, no, you know, I ended up buying that bike because I went off the side of the the trail and I ended up bending the guy's fork and tacoing his tire and oh, no. <laughs> had to go to the ER and get stitches in my arm. I'm like that, that, that thing freaks me out. Right. Um, and then, so I, you know, I, I knew how to ride a bike, but I never really mountain biked. Yeah. It was all, it was all skateboarding. Um, right. Right. But yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it. I wish that I had a BMX background. Like I know you have a BMX background uh-huh. or, or moto. Cause a lot of the folks that I see on the trail that are just tearing it up when you talk to them, it's like, Oh yeah, I used to BMX or oh, I used to moto. Mm-hmm. And I, I get jealous. Like the moto guys are like, I, I'd be hitting hundred foot gaps at like 80 miles an hour. So now when you pull up to a gap, it's like 30 feet at 20 miles, 25 miles an hour. They're like, Oh, it's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm freaking yeah, I never out. Did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I, I definitely like, I'm trying to, trying to learn a little bit of jumping but i don't know how much i actually want to learn because like there's this part of me that's like just like thinks about like friday fails all day long you know and oh, it's like man. 
the level the like the amount of hurt that you can get when you're starting to get into like that kind of shit i feel like is like exponentially higher than just the amount of hurt that i could get like riding normal trail yeah you know yeah so i'm like i don't know if i want to get better at that because i don't know if i i because i know what that is then it's like continual progression right yes like like one three foot gap turns into a five foot gap turns into a 10 foot gap turns into a yes. 30 foot gap you, you yes. know what i mean and it's like yeah. next thing you know like you fuck up that 30 foot gap and now you're like in a wheelchair you, right. you know what i mean so it's right. like do, do i want to do that like but i don't know i mean i could freaking slip on the soap in the shower and be a wheelchair. <laughs> that's true you know what i mean so I know. Like, that's tough it's really that's tough the, that's the thing you know so I, I learned about, and, and this may not work for everybody, but for me, it works. I learned about this thing called the reticular activating system. And it's literally like a bundle of nerves in the back of the, of the brain that kind of filters a bunch of things that are coming at you. Like my voice right now, the desk, the chair, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, the keyboard, whatever, mm -hmm. it filters out everything and only allows things in that are important to you at this moment. So if you're listening to the show, you're hearing our voices, right? You're watching us on mm -hmm. the screen. And so those Friday fails scare the hell out of me because I don't want to let that stuff in, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you see this stuff. But so in 2016, my wife and I were pregnant with two twin baby boys mm -hmm. and we lost them. Oh, and, no, uh, it, oh man, it was like the roughest time for us both. And yeah. so, you know, I was doing these motivational things for my buddy Drew and I needed to turn some of that stuff internally to me. And I found this thing on YouTube about the reticular activation system. And I started listening to it, paying attention to it. And what I do in work, I, I'm, I'm on the sales side and I work for a big pharma company. And I've always been the guy that was kind of average, maybe top 20% in sales. Mm -hmm. But after losing the boys, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I need to, this is the year I need to like collect myself and really do well. I need to change things because mm -hmm. somehow these things are happening. Um, I paid attention to that reticular activation system thing in that very next year i was the top rep in the entire nation and mm -hmm. i feel like now when it comes to the mountain bike that i'm on the bike i try to continuously put those things in my mind to to grow and to progress and things like that but stuff like the friday fails man i try not to get that stuff in my head because i can when you watch them you know as you know you can see where it goes wrong you're like yeah that's exactly where it went wrong. And then I don't want yeah. that in there. <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. Cause I can maybe even do that on, on purpose in a right, weird way, right. you know, that freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally hear you. That's, that's, that's good stuff, man. I, um, I need to work on that. Cause I don't know. I, I had a, a crash a few years back now at this point, and it really just changed my, my perspective on, on writing a lot that um it for for the best way to say it is just like it put the fear in me you know and uh once the fear is there it's it's hard to get it get it gone what and what, uh, what happened um i it was nothing spectacular but i had my fork fail and when my fork failed it basically dropped the headset to the front tire and was insta brake and uh i went over the bars not super fast but you know my hand was out in the right spot and you know separated my shoulder and because of that i couldn't ride my bike for like six months and my bike is like my therapist and yeah. um that was a really rough six months for me because um 
I, I didn't realize how much I used that to like keep my head straight, you know? And, um, I, for a long time, like, I was just like, I never want to be in that spot again. So I actually don't care about going faster. I don't care about getting a PR. I don't care about getting better. I just want to be able to get on my bike and ride it. Yeah. And if this is like the momentum. This is the speed that I get to go for the rest of my life. I would choose that instead of choose another option where like I lose six months of riding, you know? Yeah. And it yeah. took me till probably, I don't know, like last year. So it was probably like five, let's just call it five years of like being like super cautious rider to start getting back to the point where I'm like, um, willing to take chances again, but it's still in the back of my head. Like before that crash, I always was like, it's me that's deciding, you know, how far I push it. And if I get hurt, it's because I've decided to push it too far. And I never thought at ever at any point that my equipment could fail and cause me to have an accident. Like the only thing that was in my head was I make a bad decision. So as long as I keep my decision making like in line with my skill set, I'm not going to get hurt bad, you know? Yeah. But I mean, dude, your handlebar, I mean, I, we don't need to get into it, but I mean, there's yeah. so many things that could happen yeah. that, you know, you'd be fucked. And, yeah. uh, and ever since that, I think it's still there in the back of my mind, but it's definitely like enough time has gone by where I'm like, I'm, I'm pushing harder again. And I'm definitely like riding at the best level of my life right now, which is good yeah. too. But, um, yeah, just, you know, it makes you wonder though, is like the next big one coming or, you know, <laughs> I know. you wake up for a ride. You're like, Ooh, could it be today? Yeah. It's hard, man, because you always want to try to control the things you can control. And outside yeah. of that, it's like out of our control, you know, like, equipment yeah. failure or you land in your in your your bars break if they're car whatever the case is you yeah. know like hey you know i would have stuck that if the equipment yeah. didn't fail but i can't control that i mean that's yeah yeah, that, yeah. i could have like you said earlier i could slip in the shower um, right and be like dude i'm off the bike like what happened right damn soap in the shower right. yeah <laughs> yeah know? yeah yeah but i mean you never know so it's like i, I think that um yeah it it's fun getting to a point, you know, and pushing hard though. And, and I think that that, uh, it's worth the risk. At least it is right now, you know? So yeah. Like to know. a point where you feel good, you know, you're, you're like, I feel yeah. good about that. I feel I'm happy. I don't need yeah. any more. I don't need a bigger bite. That was like, yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's you know, so mental. It's so the mental. competitive per part of you always wants to like, maybe push a little bit more like, yeah, <laughs> yes. a little bit faster those little red devils on your shoulder yeah you got this but dude we're hitting two hours right now holy and, cow um, yeah yeah it goes by quick right that's uh, fast i like to ask people before they go what youtube channels they like to rock to watch whether it's mountain biking or basket weaving or whatever <laughs> it is um just uh I think it's interesting to hear what channels people are into. And uh, I would make the assumption that since you have a channel, you watch YouTube. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, man. There's, there's so many. There's a, obviously, a, I'm still in the honeymoon phase when it comes to mountain biking. And I hope that uh -huh. never ends. So I'm constantly looking at mountain bike YouTube videos. 
I, I really have this special place in my heart for obviously you have the big ones that are very popular and, and you know, they're succeeding and they're growing and, and I love watching them. But I also find it's almost like music for me where I find somebody who's like sub 200, sub 300, sub 400, yeah. and you see them grow and yeah. you're like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And then you could say I kind of saw them, you know, when. Yeah, there's one guy that I'm watching right now. If anybody wants to take a look, there's a guy named Anthony set Anthony Sangria, I believe is his last name. Anthony Uh Sangria. He, he rides a decoy, a YT decoy out in San Clemente. Mm -hmm. And it looks like his reel is in like 1.5 speed, but it's not, he's just, he just rails. And I think he only has like 324 subscribers. And when his videos come out, I get all excited. Like, Oh man, I can't wait to see this. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. Oh, You'll have cool. to send me a link and then I can throw it in the show more for the, uh, for the, the people later. And we can, we can try to help them out. They'll be yeah. like, Oh my God, you know, when you're like at like 300 subscribers and you get like five in one day, you're like, yes, Dude, yes. This is sick. <laughs> it's happening. I don't right. know what happened. YouTube loves yeah. me today. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's, oh, that's that'd be rad. Man. Yeah. Right on, dude. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show and hanging out with me. And uh, oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for yeah. having me, Robert. This is awesome, man. The biker for bar, sure. dude. I made the biker bar. Right? What? Freaking got that YouTube dump truck of money's coming tomorrow. <laughs> so, any of you guys that want to hear me on on Mark's show, the segment, I believe that we're set up for December fifth, which is a Sunday. That's right. It'll be right after the biker bar, so you'll be like locked in for. I don't, how long are your shows usually? I, I it used to be a couple hours. I'm trying to dial them into an hour just so I can get help get the kiddos down. Yeah. You know, so the wife yeah. is not doing it all. I got I got little ones at home, so I'm yeah, trying to no, do I the totally understand. So December fifth, if you want to see what it, what he's been doing over there. In the meantime, definitely go over to to his uh, his podcast. You can search the segment on YouTube, or you could look at the show more notes down here. If you're listening to the podcast, there should be a link to his. Uh, merch store i think that's in there i, I don't remember which one i put in the show more i think it goes to your website yeah. um either way you should be able to find his stuff you can search him on instagram as well at the segment underscore pr or facebook same thing and uh while you're on facebook or instagram and you haven't followed me go ahead and do that that you would be break great. a thousand break a thousand there you go on the facebook for you brother yeah, dude, I cannot get over a thousand on Facebook. I don't, I can't do it. I don't you know will. what's happening. You will. This yeah. is the year. How close this are you? Huh? How close? I don't are know. You? I think it's like nine hundred or something like oh, that. Oh, dude, come on! It's Before close, but it's like, I have zero faith in it ever happening. <laughs> 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 it's crazy because I have like like almost five thousand on Instagram, but like Facebook, just a bunch of old people over there. They don't even care. <laughs> It's our parents. Mark right? and Robert, yeah. you guys be careful now. <laughs> yeah, right. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Those of oh, you guys nice. that want to help me out, please swing by my Patreon. I would love to send you a handwritten letter or some some merch. Ooh. Or um, if you just want to throw a dollar at me, like I said, like just like buying a beer, man. You, the guy just pours it for you. It takes him like 10 seconds and you give him a dollar and you listen to two hours of this podcast. The yes. least you can do is throw a dollar at me. And you get um, some sweet codes, right? Right? Yeah. You get some discount codes even for a buck a month. That's for real. Dude, awesome. there's been some people that sign up for a dollar, get the codes and quit the same day. No. Like, really? 
for a buck. Oh my <laughs> gosh. If your discount code saves you $50 right. at a buck a month, that's how many years of savings is right. that for the right. podcast? That's pretty cool. You're telling me, man, $12 a year, it's worth it. <laughs> for sure. You're going to save more than $12 on those discount codes. Oh, 100%. There's a discount on there for Project 321 Hubs. You're buying a $600 pair of hubs, you're saving like 100 bucks. Like for a dollar on the on the Patreon. Wow. Wow. So I'm expecting to see you sign up for my Patreon, Mark. Yes, I will be there. (laughs) I will be there. That's some good savings, man. (laughs) Right on, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Like I said, and uh everybody out there, if you remember one thing, that would be great. It only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one.